Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon. And we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, my email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is the cert- um, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m.
up 27,000 strong. No hitter here tonight, Jared Weaver. Jared, how good does it feel to be able to do this uh, here in Southern California where you grew up in front of the fans that uh, have adored you from the time you came up through the minor league system? Oh, I'm at a loss for words right now, man. I don't even, it doesn't even, hasn't even kicked in yet. Thank you guys for all your support. This was awesome. I couldn't have done it without the defense. Guys were picking me up left and right. Uh, uh, guys uh, scored some runs early, took a little pressure off me, was able to uh, throw some strikes. And, uh, you know, like I said, Ionetta throwing down the right fingers. Gotta love that. <laughs> Weave, take us through that last moment, that fly ball to Torrey Hunter in right field. How did you feel as you watched that ball track into his glove? Uh, Spider-Man out there, man. I knew, I knew he had a beat on it. You could see it put a charge in it, but uh, Spider-Man ran it down. So, uh, like I said, defense was awesome. This is so surreal. I can't even believe this, man. It's awesome. What is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at it once again, along with Daniel Garcia from Halo Haven. And we are here for another edition of the All Angels podcast. And today's podcast is being broadcasted live on YouTube as well. So it's a simulcast. If you guys want to eventually check out the, if you're listening to us live, you want to jump on there. Go ahead and jump on and watch us live on YouTube. But if you're listening to the podcast side of this presentation, you can go ahead and uh, search Halo Haven on YouTube or The Halo Haven on YouTube. And you can catch the video version of this podcast. You can check out Halo Haven headquarters behind us. As you can see, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, you can see the beautiful Halo Haven background behind us. So that's the big news is that we're going to go uh, live on YouTube every week, hopefully. As much as we can, at least. Yeah. So that's that. You heard the very beginning of the show. You heard a clip of Jared Weaver's no-hitter, his interview after the no-hitter he pitched against Minnesota in what, 2012? Yeah, uh, May 2nd. May 2nd, 2012. A big night for Jared Weaver as he no-hit the uh, Minnesota Twins. It was announced yesterday, um, the Padres uh, released a statement. He uh, wrote on his Twitter, I believe. Yeah. He said goodbye to his baseball career. It almost seemed like he pitched longer than 12 seasons, but it was 12 seasons. For most of the 12 seasons, he was the Angels' ace of the staff. Um, you have numbers written down, or do you have the numbers in front of yeah. you? Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you know, not counting the last couple, but he had a very good uh, career with the Angels. He finished with the Angels exactly 150 wins uh, for his career. Again, that's with the Angels. Um you know, his 2010, 2011, 2012 is all-star years. Um, I guess uh, some say his best, his best um, if you go by like Cy Young voting, his best year was 2011. He was in second place, Cy Young, just behind uh, Verlander. Um, but yeah, so great season, three-time all-star, like I said. A 20-game winner in 2012. Uh, you know, just... One of the guys that for a while was the ace of the staff, and you can depend on coming in and coming in putting up good numbers. And uh, you were talking about it earlier, he was, he's second in wins, only behind uh, Chuck Finley. Yeah, and that's pretty impressive. And you look at his overall numbers, they're like 150 wins and 98 losses. That's pretty impressive. That's 50 games over 500, over 50 games over 500. Whenever you can finish a career with being over 500 as a pitcher, uh, especially in this day and age with the ball flying out of the parks and whatnot. Uh, that's impressive. So uh, I took my cap to Jeremy Weaver for a great career. Um, 
and almost then something I wanted to touch on real quick. We won't talk too much about it, but it seemed like he lost velocity. He lost a lot of his, um, I don't know, not tenacity because his tenacity was always there, but he lost velocity like from 2012 real quick. It seemed like really yeah, quickly, that, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's the same thing. I think if you look at the like velocity on his average pitch, I think you would see it too. I mean, he was, when he did come in, he wasn't exactly like a flamethrower when he came in. No. I think at his prime, he was what, topping out like at 93? 93, 92, 92 tops. Somewhere yeah. around there. But, I mean, if you look at 2014, I think, and that's when that's when, uh, he won 18 games. And again, he didn't have great speed on his fastball, but he's mm-hmm. always been a guy that can uh, work the counts. Very smart. His, his off speed, Yeah, his off-speed stuff was unbelievable. That changeup was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, too. so even if he's topping out in his later years at whatever, 82, you want to say, yeah. on a good day. Yeah. His changeup was coming in at 69, and just the differential helped him out a lot. Yeah, yeah, and so. a guy a guy who pitched like that was a guy like Greg Maddox, who wasn't right. an overpowering guy, but spotted his pitches, hit corners, changed velocity. That changeup was devastating. Weaver, obviously, uh, went to uh, San Diego, couldn't really, I don't, he just couldn't recapture what right. he had. And, you know, hey, good for him for knowing, hey, that's it. Um Maybe that maybe he signs a one day contract with the Angels or retires. Yeah, Angels. I would love to see it like at the end of the year. Yeah. If they were just to um yeah, like you said, yeah. do a one year contract or one day contract, retire as an angel, do a little ceremony for him, maybe at the beginning of next year sometime and right. you know, and eventually and we're having this conversation um earlier before like a little pre podcast meeting, whatever, like we wouldn't be surprised if they do do a ceremony for him and put him in the Angels Hall of Fame. Right. Right, because, like I said, second in wins just behind Chuck Finley. And so he has a lot of the numbers. He's in a lot of the top five numbers pitching-wise right. in Angels history. So would not be surprised if next year or maybe the year after they do some kind of ceremony for Weaver uh, with the Angels fans there, and I'm sure it would mean a lot to him. Absolutely, and that would be a fitting way to, for him to end his career as an Angel. Spent most of his 12 seasons as a Halo came up to the system and so tip by cap to jerry weaver for a decent a good career as a halo all right so moving on obviously the angels while we since our last broadcast we've taken over the second spot in the wild card had we daniel had i had told you two months ago that we'd be in the second wild card spot what, what would your reaction have been all right that's great let's let's hope it sticks right so and more than that i mean we've I'll knock on wood, and you can hear me knocking on yeah. the wood. They've been playing great baseball. I think they—I don't know how many wins they have in August. It's something like twelve or eleven, right. or twelve yeah. wins in August. Only, I mean, if you look at it since last time we talked, the only loss they've had against um, Washington—they went up and got and swept Seattle, which cool. was which was huge. I think that's what kind of caught, catapulted them into that second wild card spot. Yeah. And after that, you know, they had day off Monday, tough game. I mean, and it wasn't a bad game by by Skaggs. You're talking about a three to one game, right? And the offense just didn't put it together. But if you were to say Skaggs gives up three runs and two of them on solo home runs by, you know, ex Angel Howie Kendrick, uh. but um, but if you were to say that, I would have thought you know not that bad of an outing. We just need the offense to come together. And same thing on uh, Wednesday when right. they had a day game, kind of a low scoring game again. And luckily, uh, big hits, big hits, big Crone and Calhoun both homer. Or no, was it Valbuena? Luis, Luis homered, uh-huh. and uh, Calhoun homered and. Put it over the top, and so again, they're on this road trip with just uh, three more games left in Baltimore. Right. So let's see how it goes, and hopefully they'll come back home 
with that second wild card spot still still intact. And and we're going for that top spot. I mean that top wild card spot too, because the Yankees haven't been playing up to what they have been. We're what, right. two and a half games behind that first yep. wild card spot. Yep. So that's not out of the reach. Bad problem about all this is we got like four other teams right behind us: Kansas City, Kansas Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, and then teams that aren't even that far back. You know, three, right? I mean, you got back. like five teams, six teams, all within four games of the second wild card spot. So right. it's not. It's not over by any means. I mean, Angels have one bad week, and everything can be flipped on its head. Right. And vice versa. If they have another great week, maybe you can get that that uh, that uh, gap even bigger. But they've been at half a game lead for the past week now, it seems like, since they got it. They haven't been able to get any more room. So hopefully, um, coming up when in the next homestand, they were able to put some more distance on it. Yeah, and you and and the, all the well, not all the Angels have to do, but what they got to do is win games. Right. You win games. You take care of business. You don't have to worry about the teams behind you. Um, the schedule is not easy. No, it's pretty a little pretty well, hard. If I mean, you look at the numbers, and I was thinking about this earlier, they had a stat on a TV show, and they said the contending teams, the Angels have the hardest record of the contending teams, opponents record of the last uh, the top three contenders. But a lot of it, though, if you look at it. It's because of how good Houston's playing yeah. or was playing, and their numbers are so big. But Houston's kind of coming down a little bit more, right. so maybe the number of wins they have isn't as intimidating as it was maybe in a couple months ago. Right. But you do have Cleveland still left on the schedule. I believe that's the only non-AL uh, West team that we have left on the schedule right. after Baltimore, obviously tomorrow in the weekend. But you have you have you have Houston, you have Texas, Texas you have Seattle, you have Oakland. Oakland. So you kind of want to take care of your own division. Right. But again, it's not going to be easy with 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 Houston. It's not going to be easy with Cleveland because no. Cleveland's also trying trying to catch up and get a uh, try and get home field advantage for their first round too. So they kind of have a little something to play for also. And the teams in the West that we do play: Texas, Seattle, Oakland. Very good teams. Teams that we can easily lose to. So, you know, the Angels have to continue playing the ball that they've been playing. And in this recent streak, it's kind of been clicking for them on all cylinders. When the pitching wasn't doing so good, the offense picked up the slack. Case in point, yesterday was the offense wasn't all that great. The two home runs, that gave us the three runs, but the pitching held it down. Right. We had uh, Rick and Alasco, who how died, posted on my Facebook, how dare you give up two runs so early yeah. and pitch great. Everyone was freaking out. I mean, I understand Rick and Alasco has an up and down season. Well, the home run ball. The home, home run, run ball. ball. But I'm the kind of guy that doesn't like to react to anything, especially if it's in the first inning. And if you watched any games this season, a two-run deficit going into whatever inning, the third, fourth, isn't a lot for this team. Right. So the fact that he was able to, yeah, it was a hard-working first inning, but the fact that he was able to get out of it yeah. and able to keep it at two, and then he comes out, you know, shutout inning, again, shutout inning, again, shutout inning. After, like, maybe the third or fourth inning, I'm like, okay, at least they're getting some kind of flow. At least he's doing better. I saw a stat on Twitter where his last five games where Gratterall has caught him, his ERA is, like, 3.4, something, nice. something good like that. So. I mean, maybe they found something there. Yeah, maybe it's a little late, but at least it's better than never. That yeah. Gratterall maybe might be his catcher now for the foreseeable future, kind of like how um, uh, Le- uh, the guy in the Cubs uh, they canceled over the first. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Well, Greg Maddox had a Eddie yeah. Perez catch for him. Right. Now it's his guy. So, yeah, I mean, when a pitcher feels comfortable with the guy behind that, that's a lot. I used to be a pitcher, pitched in college. My catcher, Justin, was my dude. 
and and I felt a lot more comfortable throwing to him. I felt like I can trust that he, like, if I had to throw a curveball in the dirt, I felt like he can block it. Or, hey, I wasn't confident in my fastball. You call the pitches, you know, and he told me to throw the fastball in a certain count, a certain, you know, count. I felt comfortable in him making that decision. Right. So that was at the college, collegiate level. I can just imagine in the high school level where, or at the high school level, at the major league level where the stakes are that much higher and a guy like Nolasco has to come in and pitch a good game against Washington yesterday. And he did. Um, he left yesterday's game kind of in the middle of a, of a yeah, at-bat cramp with cramps. His, cramps in his calves, I believe. Yeah, is it was the, humid and hot over there. Yeah, it, so. it, was, it was. I looked it up. It was 90 degrees with something like 40%, 50% humidity. It was, it was probably in a day game. Right. It's probably just not something you uh, you like to play in. But, you know, throughout this whole streak, like I said, if it wasn't the pitching that was doing it, it was the offense that was doing it. So that's when he's happened. Guys need to pick up the slack when something's not going on. And lately, you know, a guy like Luis Valbuena, and I've talked about it, and I, you guys know I'm biased because he's a friend of mine, but it seems like lately he's been coming through. He's on this streak where let's just keep running him out there, right. keep running him out there until you know, you know, keep, if he's, you're you're at a crap table and you're rolling, you're yeah, not gonna stop. Yeah, keep on going. You know, I would love to see him play on that Tuesday game. They gave to start the pool hole switch. Yeah, I guess I understand why, but it was good to see that. Okay, well, here we'll give him the the Tuesday start or the Wednesday start and during the day game. But yeah, I think the more you give to him, the better off he'll be because he's proven that once he gets on a streak, just let that thing go. And yeah. Then, after maybe Ride a couple, yeah, maybe two or three oh for four games or whatever, then you can kind of take it back a little bit. But while he's hot, let it go. Just see where right. it takes you. And you're at a point in the season now where you have to find that hot hand, whether yeah. it's in the bullpen, we'll get to that later, yeah. or yeah. or uh, at bat, and just you have to go with it. Yeah. Um, also, another thing that a lot of people have been, well, mostly on social media and on the Halo Haven page, and if you guys don't follow Halo Haven already, do so. On the Facebook at Halo Haven, Halo underscore Haven, underscore Halo Haven, Haven right? yeah. yeah, Halo underscore Haven, both on Instagram yeah. and on Twitter. And if you if you check it out, you check the fan page on Facebook. Even there's people that comment, and a lot has been said for Mike Solskjaer's changing of the lineups. And my response to everything is, hey, if it's working, let it ride. Right. You know why? You know there's certain depending on who we're playing, depending on who's pitching numbers. Sometimes maybe his feeling, his gut feeling, and he's got a big gut, but you have to go with what you feel is right at that moment. You know, I, I don't feel that Luis should play today. Let's start Pennington or let's start Coward at third, whatever the case may be. And I know that we want some consistency in that lineup, but the Angels have been winning games, you know, especially in, in, in the last two weeks, have been winning games where we needed to win. That sweep in Seattle, the way we won those games as well, where... We had to come from behind mostly in every every game. So right. impressive, impressive. But Mike Sosha's lineup changes, how do you feel about that, Daniel? I mean, I understand when you also need to give a guy a day off. Um, I mean, besides the, the major guys like your Trout, your Calhoun, you know, your Simmons, your Maldonado, like those are probably the main guys I wouldn't want them to mess with regardless of who's pitching or whatever. But... I can understand, and, and you know when he's healthy, but I can understand kind of playing the matchups right now. I will, wouldn't mind Crone being like a full-time guy. Right. When he's back to regular Crone, you know, not on a streak, then I can understand going the righty-lefty kind of matchup with, right. with Valbuena. Because Valbuena's shown he could be a streaky hitter also against, yeah. against righties. 
when he needs to be. Um, but I don't really mind it, especially, and I'm 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 more of a numbers guy than you are. Mm-hmm. And it was it's kind of a weird dynamic. I've seen stat wise that um, Cowart's really struggling right now, so that's why Pennington's been getting a lot of in between, like a lot of platooning. It's not so much here, Pennington. You play on a on an off day. It's, it's strictly platooning now. And I don't know if Cowart's on a was on a decline before that, you know, and so that's why they started to go to platoon. Or I don't know if he's declining because of the platoon. So mm. stuff like that, I'm not too sure of. I, I'm guessing they have more information than we do. Like right. if there was that hamstring or something not too long ago with Coward where he said I was fine, I'm fine. He never won the DL. And for a guy that's kind of in between that AAA major league level, you don't want to go in the DL because right. next thing you know, the next guy to get brought up, if he's on a half streak and you got the DL, guess what they're putting you, they're yeah. putting you right back down. So, back down. So I understand him not wanting to go in the DL, even if it was a serious hamstring or serious injury. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that's affecting him. And I'm guessing you know the manager would know more about that. So I'm okay with it to a certain point. But when it gets to like... Crone hasn't played like in three games and he's on fire. Then something like that, yeah, I would understand completely. But day-to-day kind of operations, again, if you leave Trout, you leave Calhoun, you leave uh, Maldonado, you leave Simmons in there, then I'm fine with those base guys being on being on the field as much as possible. Right, and those are the guys that need to be on the field. So, And then the whole pitching rotation, the pitching staff, people quickly, oh, well, you know, Oh, how come they didn't start Bridwell? Why'd they go with Nolasco? Blah blah blah. I mean, you know, it's it's fun to it's it's fine to be frustrated, but again, matchups. You got to look at the matchups, the situations, the days off. Blah blah blah. So another speaking of pitching, pitching rotation. Andrew Heaney gets the ball tomorrow, tomorrow. night for making his make or his uh, 2017 yeah. major league debut. His first start since April of last year of 16. So this can this again a guy like Heaney. We, like I said, we've said in the last couple podcasts, we can't expect him to come out and, and be, you know, lights out. But if he can be like Skaggs, I'll right. take it. Exactly. I'll take it because... Give three runs, mm-hmm. six innings, you know? So anything like that, especially after his first couple starts, right. you'll take it. And we know it. we know how good Heaney can be. We know we've seen glimpses of his of his greatness, quote-unquote. Um, very young, less than a year removed from... Tommy John surgery. No, more than more than a year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 my bad. More than a year from Tommy John surgery. So, you know, he. I think he was up around ninety pitches in AAA, which yeah. is good. His yeah, his his last start was about ninety two pitches. That's good. That's good. If he can throw ninety two pitches in five six innings for the Angels with the bullpen that we have, and we'll get into that soon here. The bullpen that we have, you know, we got guys that. It's cool to have this problem now. Now that I look at it, uh, having a guy like Key. Having a guy like Cam, having a guy like Parker, having a guy that uh, uh, Petit that can come in in late innings and close down a game. Yeah, right. different options. So give us five solid innings, six solid innings. Can you give us any more than that? Thank you, Andrew. Right. But getting a guy like Keeney can only help this rotation. And moving forward for him as well, you know, hopefully he gets some starts under the belt, and then we can hopefully get into the postseason and he can be one of our top pitchers. Who knows? Right. You know. Okay. So moving forward from that, we st- we talked to you guys last week, and we'll get into our poll questions after this. But we told you guys last week that we had an interview with Fergus. Uh, you guys know him as a kid that caught Mike Trout's home run, but he was following the team around in the last what two weeks, three weeks maybe or so. Following the team around, even went over to uh, Toronto and Cleveland, Cleveland, I believe. Followed the team over there. He had spent the night at Keenan Middleton's I house. I know he went to dinner. I don't know if he spent the okay. night with him. But- Parker met Parker Bridwell, 
so on and so forth. Now, this was our very first uh, radio interview or over-the-phone interview that we've ever done, so the audio may not be as good as we, we may have hoped. So now we've lesson learned. Next time, it'll be better. But uh, just quickly, we kind of asked some questions about how did you become an Angel fan, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you should be able to hear our questions, but the answers that he gives us are more than enough. Um, the Fergus high energy guy. This is an interview that we had with Fergus, who is now back in Hong Kong, by the way. So we uh, we we got a hold of him yesterday, so we know that he's at home doing good. So our interview with Fergus. Here it goes. So we are here with Fergus Chang. Fergus, welcome to the All Angels Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So this is what I want to know. How did you become an Angel fan? Well, um, it all started with tennis, actually. So four years ago, I was at Long Beach for a tennis tournament. Because of cheap rent, I stayed in Anaheim, and uh, I was eliminated from the tournament, like, really quickly while all my friends progressed. So during the time, I saw a day game. So I went to the day game, and I watched, and I was like, this is way better than tennis. It's way more exciting and stuff like that. So uh, I was like, I'll quit tennis and I'll start watching and playing baseball. And that's how I got to be an Angels fan. Now, are you play, do you play baseball now in your regular times? Or are you still yes, I still do. I actually play as a pitcher and outfielder. All right. And now, now you live in Hong Kong, correct? Mm-hmm, yep. And so who do, you, do you play for, like, your, your school or is it, like, a league that you play for? Well, I play for a league and a school. So my league team is called the Dragonflies, and my school team is called the Island School Islanders, which actually I co-created the, the team. So it was kind of like, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, it's kind of like hard for me to maintain a team and be the captain of the team at the same time. Right. Nice. Is a... Uh... The other people you play with out there are they as well versed in the like MLB out here as you are, or are they more towards the the baseball out there? Well, um, there are like a few teams that I know that they concentrate on MLB style coaching. So like they would do batting practice like three hours ago. But my team they focus on like what they can do. So we do our style of coaching. So they're not too focused on the MLB, but we sure do like uh, watch it. That's good. That's good. It's it's good to know that baseball is expanding around the world. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, you're you're pretty famous around the Angels uh, world now. How does it? Feel? I guess so. Yeah. How does it feel to be uh, recognized around the stadium? Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe during batting practice, I would go roam around. So I would usually be in right field and then left field to watch the bullpen warm up. And I would get like uh, one or two pictures before the game. I was like, hey, can I get your picture and stuff like that, which I've never done before. So it was kind of weird and exciting for me. And yeah, during the game, I've gotten, actually one guy came up to me and asked me for my autograph. I was pretty shocked. It was on a major league ball as well. What do you, what do you, what would, what would you consider probably the best part of this whole, you know, quick fame or thing? Was it meeting the guys on the post game show, going into the booth? Like, what, in your opinion, was the best, was the best part of this your last trip? Having dinner, you know, with, with yeah, mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, a lot of people would have thought that catching Mike Trout's home run would be the awesome, the most awesome uh, like moment of this trip. But I feel like during batting practice, while talking to like Keenan Milton, Parker Bridwell, and Albert Pujols Jr., that I think was better than actually like um, catching Mike Trout's home run. The whole experience I think um, came from like talking to the players, knowing them better and being such good friends with them. All right, that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's, it's crazy how, you know, uh, one thing can, can – you can just being yourself and being energetic. If you're an energetic guy, we can tell from seeing you on TV. You know? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we can tell that you genuinely love – you have love for what, what – you know, you enjoy what's happening to you right now in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Going back to Hong Kong now, do you do your family or friends over there know what's happening to you over here? You know, actually, like a few days ago, a local newspaper um, came up to me and say, "Hey, can we do an interview at um, Angel Stadium?" I was like, "Sure." And now, probably, it was from the second most popular newspaper from Hong Kong. So, like, few, like a lot of my friends texted me about that, and he's like, hey, you're on TV, you're on the, the biggest news channel on Earth, well, on in Hong Kong, so, yeah, and then a few days ago, uh, another local newspaper report uh, reporter uh, texted me and said, if, when I get back to Hong Kong, uh, they want to do an interview with me, so I guess I'm expanding. <laughs> that's great, that's awesome, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun, just happens all at once, that's crazy. Yeah, it is, it's I never thought that would happen to me. Like of all the people, yeah, that's it's insane, man. So yeah, before before we let you go, and I always ask uh, my guests that I have on the podcast, what's your favorite mm-hmm. part about Angel Stadium? What's your favorite? My part my favorite part about Angel Stadium, it's gotta be that like um, the bullpen area. It's configured so well that you can like easily talk to players and, like, talk to them, like, how are you doing and stuff like that. You can just watch them warm up so closely, This is, uh, which is what I love about the bullpen. Because um, if you sit at the dugout, it's like they concentrate on the game, but in the dugout, they can, like, roam around, they can have fun with the, the people and, like, interact with the fans, and that's what I love about it. It's not like Rogers Stadium, which is, like, like maybe – 10 feet down, and it's like you have to shout and, like, scream so loud that they can barely hear you. But Angel Stadium, it's so close that you can actually, like, fist bump or shake their hands and stuff like that. And that's why I think it's most cool about Angel Stadium. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on the All Angels Podcast, Fergus. Uh, we would love for you to be a, a, a fan of our show. And maybe we'll have you back on again, man, if you if you All enjoy. right. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. Hey, continue to cheer on for the Angels over there. And and have some of your friends become Angel fans over there in Hong Kong, man. Yes, I will. I'll try. I'll try. Sounds good. Hey, you have a great, 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 safe trip, bud. Thank you, bud. And that was our interview with Fergus Chan. Uh, How awesome. Living the dream, man. Yeah. I mean, I've always said, too, one of the things I've wanted to do is always kind of follow the team around to different stadiums. Because, yeah, Angel Stadium's great, and I've been there... You know, 
a bunch of times, but I wouldn't mind going and traveling with a team and seeing them in Safeco or seeing them in Cleveland or seeing them in Houston. Like to me, that's probably the best part. I would love to do that as a, oh. as a personal, like kind of bucket list thing. Oh man, to oh, I've been to Safeco, haven't been there for a game. Took a tour of Safeco. That would be a great place to watch a game. Cheer on the Halos. Camden Yards would be another. Camden one Yards, I heard that's really nice. Cleveland. East, yep. Um, my buddy, our buddy Jason Kroom uh, from. Uh, Kroom Dogs Gourmet Sausages right now. He went over to uh, Baltimore, headed over to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Not following the Angels around, it would have been perfect for him to go to Baltimore. He was already on the East Coast, but he, <laughs> really? didn't, he didn't do that. I don't know if he thought that went through, but uh, yeah, definitely it would be awesome to go follow the team around. And, and he got the exposure, was able to kind of hang out with some of the guys, uh, had dinner with Keenan, um, I think Parker Bridwell. Um, just really just got to be on, had all access to Angel Stadium. That's really cool, yeah. Kid his age, being on TV, not from here, uh, being able to just man, I, I can't even Just going over the past, you know, week or so, if you've been watching the games, you've noticed there's been a kind of a pitching carousel since Bud Norris has kind of hit the skids a little bit with uh, his closing duty. So you have uh, Keegan Milton, you have Cam Bedrosian, Petit came in and closed the game all fairly recently. So the poll question was, at this point on to the season, who would you want to see as the closer? And the, and the choices were Cam, Keegan, Petit. I still put Bud out there just to see what people would say. And then uh, Parker, uh, Blake Parker. And the result was, you know, 68% uh, said Cam, which makes sense to me. And that's where I personally voted just because he's had that experience before right. last year. Right. He's been through, you know, tough games. He, he's able to do it. He was at the uh, schedule closure at the beginning of this year. Right. So he has all the kind of the mental aspects of it. Um, you have Petit. You have Parker that I do not believe in the past they've done it. And then also Keegan, still being 23 years old, is still kind of getting the whole Major League Baseball aspect just in general. Right. So um, my vote was for Cam, so that's, I think, where the majority of the people went. Right. And I voted for Key just because, I, you know, I like him in that role. I see him being the guy in the future. I know he's, I mean, him and, and Cam are right there at age, and right. it's going to be a battle. But either way, either way it goes... Cam's going to be the 8th inning guy, Key the ninth inning guy, Key the 8th inning guy, Cam the ninth inning guy. It's great to have this problem because you just named off four guys that can close a game for us. Right. That That is a great problem to have. And, and part of me kind of thinks too, um, especially now with the way the playoffs work, you want to get like five, six good innings, good strong innings from your – because the way the playoffs are from your starter. And then you need a good bullpen going, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. And now if you get all these guys with some kind of closing background, with some kind of closing uh, experience, now they can come in and, and work at seventh inning like it's the ninth. Now you can get another guy in the eighth that acts like it's the ninth. And your bullpen can be a shutdown bullpen, which helps a lot in the playoffs. You know, if we get there, that would be a great aspect, a great key to have 
for the Angels going forward in, in their pursuit of you know something a little bit better. Yeah, in, in 2002, and I'll, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm going back to 2002. Uh-huh. You look at that bullpen that we had late innings. You had Brendan Donnelly. Brendan Donnelly. You had Scott Schoenweiss as your left-handed reliever coming out of right. the bullpen. You had a guy in uh, Francisco Rodriguez who was just lights your, out. Your eighth guy. Yeah. Your eighth 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 inning setup guy. And you knew when mm-hmm. that happened. And again, he was kind of a rookie. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that he is is the same yeah, guy. No. But the, the similarities are kind of um, yeah. there's a lot. You know, young yeah. rookie year. Um, Kind of already have a, a uh, closer already um, on the team with Cam and Percival back then. But mm-hmm. you know, if you can have that great seventh, eighth inning, seventh, eight, nine inning uh, bullpen, that shortens games. T- uh, opposes no opponents know now they need to score something quick. Yeah. So maybe they they rush themselves a little bit. Maybe they take a little more chances and we're able to capitalize on it with throwing them out, trying to steal a base, right. or trying to extend. You know, going first to third, you throw them out. So it only helps what the Angels are trying to do. Absolutely. And, and you got to think, a starting pitcher, all I got to do is give him five solid innings. Mm-hmm. Let me challenge this guy right now. Let me give it all I got these first five innings because I know, you know, Blake Parker's going to come in, shut it down, followed by Key, followed by Petit, and followed by Cam or whoever they f- choose right. to finish the game. Now, I want to touch on Petit. This guy has done really well for us, and he's been probably the most underrated guy in the bullpen this season. Oh, yeah. He's pitched some really good innings for the Angels. And it's not only two, and what I really appreciate about it, it's not only in one slot. It's not only the seventh inning guy. Yeah. It's not only the eighth started inning guy. He started a, uh, a bullpen game in Toronto, and he pitched four, four innings. Great, great ball. He's kind of the do-whatever-you-need-me-to-do kind of guy. If you need me to come in in the third and jump in for a starter mm-hmm. and give you two, three innings, I can do that. If you need me to come in the eighth and shut it down, I can do that. If he needs to come in the ninth and get a save, he's done it, and he has this year. So yeah, he has a three and record this year. He's a two three uh, two point three six ERA, uh, forty two games. So he's getting a workload now. The only thing going forward, I'm kind of going to be looking for is that at this point now, forty two games that he's been in is now his tie for his for his uh, career high. So now you're getting the kind of uncharted territory. So you might not see him as much. Coming in, especially if say if it's a blowout one way or the other, but that's another thing you gotta look out for for Parker and for Petit, where these guys are kind of unknown guys. They're all reaching now their their career highs in innings and games pitched. So you kind of have to play them with kid gloves a little bit. Maybe give them uh, not pitch them on back to back days, or right. if you do, maybe give them a couple days off to to pace yourself for that. Now, obviously, if it's a big game, you need to have it as a close game. To it sometimes having being an inexperienced pitcher hey maybe you're gonna challenge a guy more. You right know what i mean yeah you know, I'm, I'm gonna push myself a little further these guys are gonna start to know now what they have in that arm what they have in their mentality to push themselves forward to win a game or get a guy out um cam bedroji and, and yesterday touched on it in a post-game interview i should have had you uh, look for this interview but he touched on saying hey i got the I, first guy got on got to second right away i had to forget about that Shut that down, move forward, and try to just just get the next three guys right. out. And that's the mentality that these guys have shown to me. Each guy, Keenan Middleton, 
that game against uh, Seattle where he, oh, it was that last game yeah. where it was just a, he really battled down, got himself in a situation where they could have possibly, you know, walked off on us, but fought through it and showed a lot of character, a lot of heart. I'm, I'm impressed with every single one of these guys in the bullpen, but to me, Petit has been a guy who's kind of just been overlooked. Right. And and, and uh, needs to get some kind of credit, I think. The guy, the guy's done some good stuff for us. I'm, I'm happy with the situation we got going on. It's a very good problem to have being able to go to these three and four guys to close the game out. No, exactly. I mean, like you said, it's a great problem to have because now with Skaggs coming back, with uh, hopefully Richards, now Haney coming back, For Nolasco on that yeah. Wednesday yeah. game, again, not many pitchers get put in a situation where it's two, uh, two, a two-inch yeah. count with two outs. Go and, out there and, and get this guy out. Go. Yeah. And he struck the guy out, came out again for another inning, went one, two, three. Shut him down. And that's always been Travis's thing, even when he was a starter. The first time through the lineup, he's been great. And yeah. then the second time through the lineup, where it's getting him in trouble. So now if you can put him in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. You're going to see probably the next six guys, seven guys if someone gets on. And that's all you have to worry about. So if yeah. you can do that, that's another great uh, arm to have that can go the distance or go even longer than just one or two innings. Right. And you know, having a guy like Chavez in the bullpen helps us out. If you have to have a bullpen game or a spot start, he's there. He's in a spot start for us. Give us four or five innings. If he goes four innings, good. Same thing. Same thing as Petit. Go out there, Jesse. Throw, throw some innings for us. Get it done. But I, I like the bullpen. The bullpen has been a bright spot for us all year long. I don't think there's been, I'll knock on wood again, there's been a situation or a point in time where we're like, oh, man, here we go. We're going right. to the bullpen, except for Bud lately. Bud, but he seemed to you know, take back a role. I think he's only been, what, two games since we yeah. last yeah. had a podcast. So, you know, um, moving forward from that, I mean, the bullpen's looking good. Um, we'll move forward on our, our agenda here. Um do we have any any uh, listener questions? No, we didn't have any end? questions. I, it was my I didn't really ask, okay. so um, nothing this week unless uh, Chris is. We actually have a few questions coming in on Instagram. Big hot topic right now, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Oh. Is are the Angels gonna pursue Mike, aka John Carlos Stanton, in the offseason? <laughs> is that something worthwhile? Is that crazy? We have Bryce. Wicker twenty six on Instagram asking about Giancarlo, guys. Dan, I know that you touched on this on a on post on a post. I on think, it. and again, I'm not taking anything away from the player, the guy himself. I mean, he's on. He is only twenty seven. He is a California product. For you guys that don't know, he did go to uh, Notre Dame Sherman Oaks, um, up in the, the valley. Went there too. Yeah, up in the valley. So you know, you look at his numbers, and they're not. They're really good this year. This year, he's just kind of blowing up 44 home runs, which is a new career high for him. But the thing you have to look at, too, his before this year, his career high in, in, in games played is 145, 150. He has kind of an injury bug. But the big albatross, I guess you want to talk about, is his his, his contract. He just signed a new contract Huge, with the Marlins yeah. not too long ago. I think this might be the second or third year of the contract. But that dude is making so much money for 10 years and to have it all kind of get tied up in Pujols and Stanton and then hopefully in Trout, 
you can't afford these thirty million, three thirty million dollar plus athletes on the team and expect the rest of the surrounding pieces, yeah, to be you know good, to be better than average. Yeah, we we have to take a hit somewhere, and and look to me, it boils down to Mike Stanton or Mike Trout or Giancarlo. I keep saying Mike, Giancarlo <laughs> or or Mike Trout. Who do you want? Because like you said, we're gonna. Eat thirty million a year on Giancarlo. We got to give Trout probably the same or more. Cause, yeah, he'll probably. Come on. He, Trout will probably, and again, this is going to come down to the Harper in a couple years. Right, he, Harper's probably going to set the market, and he might be around thirty-three. Yeah, so you're looking at least thirty-five to forty for Mike Trout per especially season, if he, especially if he gets another MVP this year or right. in the next couple of years. So with all of, with all that money getting tied up in three guys, yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. It, it's, it's not going to happen, and I know Miami's trying to unload some. The whole Miami situation is kind of weird because for you guys that don't know, they have sold the team, so they're kind of in between stage where the new owners are moving in and the old owners are moving out. And the conversation with the new owners, if they want to keep him with that money or try right. to shed some payroll, that situation in general is just kind of chaotic. And I don't think John Carlo or any of the other guys, whether it's like Ozuna or Yelich, or any of the other Marlins guys are going to move um, until that situation is final, which will probably be in the beginning to mid-October. So for this year, I don't think so. No, Off-season, no. again, you're going to take on so much. Now, thinking about this, if you were to throw this situation out there, I think they would take it. I think it would be a good idea. If you could somehow um, stand, come here, you maybe give up one or two prospects, but also ship out a pool holes with his contract. But again, if they're trying to shed money, they're not going to do that. That's, yeah, so that's, that's the it only way it would make sense for the Angels yeah. to trade a big contract for a big contract. And yeah, and then you could probably put Stan in that that DH role, right? Where you know I think defensively what's helped or what helped this year is defensively, and I wouldn't want him playing left when you could sign a Maven for way way yeah, cheaper. Way cheaper, right? The power numbers are going to be there, but he'll steal more bases. He'll probably have a better defensive um, right effect on a team. Than Stan would, but again, it's just so much money tied up in so many different, yeah. not so many yeah. players. You just can't really look at it that way. And you touched on it, Dan. You go get a guy like Stan. You have to pay Stan. You have to pay Trout, and you're paying Pujols. Okay. Right. So what about Simba? Right. What about He's up in Cameron Maven? I believe too. Yeah. What about Cameron Maven? What about Cole Calhoun? What about Andrew Heaney, Tyler Skaggs? If they continue to pitch on you, want to keep these young guys in your rotation? Right. What about going out and getting another quality starter? It's not going to happen if you go. Get a guy like Giancarlo Stanton on your team, another $30 million plus guy under contract. And, and this is kind of what the Marlins' whole plan was with this with this contract, too. Because if you look at the numbers, when he signed the contract in uh, 16, his base salary was only $9 million, then it went to 14 and a half, 25, 26, 26 again. And then it's going to keep on escalating yeah. 29, 29, 32, 32, 32, 29, and 25. Yeah. But by then, he's going to be 37. And who knows, with a guy that big with. With all that muscle mass, yeah, you, don't, just, you don't know at what point it's, his body's going to start breaking down. And it is a good idea for come to, to come to the American League. I see him possibly going to a team like the Red Sox or the Yankees that have a lot of money. There's talk about that, know. and there's also talk about uh, the Dodgers, you know, and Puig being a part of it and stuff like that. Oh, Puig. well, that, that makes sense for them. So that's, that's scary that's, for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, the Angels have called, and I'm sure probably like 20, 20 25 called. called. Yeah. Maybe clear waiver, so if they wanted him so badly, they could have claimed him on the waivers and brought right. him over, but... 
he cleared waivers because no one wants to pay that contract, and Marlins are too cheap to say, okay, we'll send him over here and we'll pay his last couple years. Like, yeah. Marlins don't do that as a, a you know historical franchise. That hasn't been an MO. Now right. with the new owners, who knows? Uh, Again, that's a whole yeah. crazy situation. You don't know what their what their new mindset is exactly. as an organization. So to answer your question about no, no, I I don't no, I don't see it happening. Yeah, we just want to thank Liz. wild card game if we make it there so who's our go-to guy we have one game one chance i i think if he's healthy and he's able to pitch the next three or four starts and he looks consistent looks like his own self i think he gave it to haney but again there's a lot there's a lot of time if if you go by the numbers it's probably gonna be jc or bridwell if you go by the numbers yeah see that that's a jeff that is a great question I'm hesitant to go with Heaney because he is still a very unexperienced kid. Everyone is, though. That's the thing. And, though. Yeah, and everyone is. Even J.C. Ramirez. But at least season-wise, J.C.'s been the guy who's won the most games. Parker Bridwell, 7-1. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. So to you... me, looking at it, like Dan said, numbers-wise, it's between Bridwell and um, J.C. But you can't discount a guy like Tyler Skaggs either. Right. If you who went on pure, great. Yeah. If you go strictly oh. on stuff... That's a great Then I would question. say Haney. Yeah. But if you kind of go have to go... And again, a lot of it too, and playoffs are, are a big kind of crapshoot. And I had a discussion with someone on, again, the Halo Haven um, fan page on, on Facebook. It's just... The playoffs are such are so random. Are just so random in general. Very rarely do you see the top team with the most wins win it. It's whoever's playing hottest. So I think at that point, you'd have to go with the hot hand. If if JC is on a you know a five game winner or four game winning streak, then you roll that hand out. And if Bridwell is struggling, maybe he's kind of hit that wall a little bit, then you pull him back. Right. The playoffs are just so kind of <laughs> up and down that you just kind of literally you have to. We don't have a a Kershaw, a Bum, a um, Kane, a Kane, yeah. a, a Scherzer. Yeah. You don't even have a, a Strasburg. But, like, so I think at that point, you're not going to – I don't think you can sit here and say, oh, we're going to do this guy when the time comes. And then, honestly, it's so close. You might be just pulling out whoever's up in the rotation because yeah. you're not going to be able to set your rotation. Like, for as much as you would love to, and if the Angels win and do get that second wild card spot, it's not going to be by, like, three or four games. Yeah. It's going to be by a half a game, a game, to where you're going to have to roll with your rotation the way it is. Right. And then whoever's up in that rotation. All hands on deck. Yeah, whoever's up on that rotation, it's probably going to be the starter. And then if something needs to come up, yeah. then you have a guy that's going to come behind him. But the way the situation works out, you're literally probably going to be the guy that's up in the rotation. Yeah, and you're right. It might have to be the guy who's... That, that spot on the rotation, all hands on deck for that, that wild card game. You know, you're on two days rest. You might have to come. It might even have to be not even a bullpen game. It's a starting rotation game right. where Heaney starts and gives you two innings. Then you go to Skaggs for two. Then you go to JC for two. And then you can get into your bullpen because right. at that point, you need to win that game to get to the ALDS. Right. And then from there, that's when you can set up your rotation. Yeah, because when, you you when you get past that wild card yeah. spot, the – you don't, you literally have more off days in the playoffs than you do in your right. regular season. Right. So you know you'll Set play you'll play a game then you have an off day then you'll play like a game and then you'll have like two off days because it's traveling or whatever. So yeah, the the wild card game is going to be a, a crapshoot. It's going to be I think whoever's up in the up in the rotation because there's no way to really set your lineup like as if you were yeah. Cleveland or if you were uh, L A or if you were one of these teams right. like Houston. Houston's probably going to do that and that might help us. Yeah. They might hold some guys back and. 
make it a little bit easier right, for us. Right. But we're not in a situation where, we're, where they can yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to hold Haney back from this start. Well, we don't even have an ace. Right. So, I mean, you know, that's we wouldn't even be, have that question if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't have an ace. Like, you know, yeah. Garrett Richards went down early. I'm sure that if Garrett Richards is healthy, it wouldn't even be a question. Garrett Richards starts the game. Right. You know, or if Heaney had been healthy off season long and he, you know, whatever. Skaggs, you know, I don't, no one knows where they'd be right now, but uh, JC has stepped up. Um, Parker Bridwell, which I'm shocked at when I looked, I didn't know he was seven and one. Yeah. But that kid, the kid pitches, he's a very good pitcher. I wouldn't mind seeing him start a game either. So, but like, I agree with you, what you said. It has to be whoever's spot in rotation. It right. is. Do we have any other questions, curator? Uh, LT Jim 329 says, where's... Oh, that, um, at Angel Stadium? Josh and $25 million off the book next year. Who do we get? LT Jim 329 also out of that one. Well, the nachos, you can find them. I know there's a, there's a little... I'll find them Tuesday. There's a booth at, at the upper yeah. level on the 500s. There's like a little, little cart. Um, as far as the lower levels, I have no idea. There's one where you walk in on the third base side. I think you're right. Right where the... The terrace know level. where the goodies are that are filled within the nacho helmet. Oh, what are the goodies? Like, where are the goodies at? Where are the nacho helmets at? Funny thing, I actually oh. picked up about ten of those at a thrift shop. I don't know, you guys, Chris. You gotta ask Chris. So we're, <laughs> some uh, cool giveaways coming up. Uh, we actually have our concession card over there. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's kind of in the back area, but uh, where that peanut guy is. We have uh, peanuts, Cracker Jacks, all that good stuff. So the LT Gym, that's where it's at. What was his other question? It was a... Uh, Josh and $25 million that came with that guy. Oh. Yeah, we talked about that last week a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Off the it, books, who do we sign? Look. You guys said no Giancarlo, so... No. Look, it's it depends on what... There's not really anybody out there that we can spend all this crazy amount of money on. Um... People say starting rotation, but you look at the pitchers that are available to us, there's nobody really that we can, nobody that I would say, oh, I'm going to give this person $14 million for one year because he's that good. Right. I don't see that person out there. Arietta was the only guy who was a free agent, but he may be asking for big money, depending on where the Cubs go to in the postseason yeah. that he has. Because he, he started out pretty slow, um, Arietta. And so you're kind of thinking, okay, well maybe he'll be cheap and he'll have he'll sign like a one year deal. Yeah, no, I don't prove know. it. But now um, the last couple um, starts, couple months, he's kind of turned it around and it was his old self. So his asking price might be up. And kind of again, like what we were talking about before, you have a contracts coming off the books, so you might want to um, well, resign some of these guys. Maven is Maven, a guy I who think, I wouldn't mind resigning. Maven and Revere, I think, are both coming off the books next next year. Um, um, Unel's okay. gone, so we got to feel. And this is why I think the Valbuenas, they did the Valbuena signing this season. If Unel walks away, Valbuena's an everyday third baseman, okay? Mm -hmm. But then that doesn't mean that you can't go out and pick somebody up. It's, it depends on who's out there, who's available for us. You got to be smart. We can't go up, go out and get guys like the Josh Hamiltons that we did back in. Because right. that bit us in the butt, Vernon Wells, people like that. So we got to be a little more... We gotta we gotta see what we need as a team, and then if it's available to us, make the decision then. Right. But looking at the free agents a couple weeks ago when we looked them over, there wasn't anything jumped up jumped off the paper at me, and I went, "Oh, that's somebody the Angels could yeah. definitely get." You know? Yeah. So you, I mean, maybe you have, a second baseman. Yeah, you can find a second baseman, but then a Coward. Then you want to find maybe an update. Um, Pennington's gonna be off the books also. Right. So you don't know if you want to keep him back and be a utility guy. I mean, he is going to be 30. He's 33 now, so I'm guessing by the time the next season rolls around, he'll be 34. 
But um, you have, like I said, you have Petit come off the books. He's going to be 33 next year, so I don't know if that age kind of scares him off a little bit. But he's coming off the books, and we just said how well he was doing. Andrew Bailey's coming off the books. He's still yet to really see mm. what he can do. He just got back. Maven's off the books. Uh, you know, you mentioned it's off the books. Revere's off the books. Um, and then you got arbitration for some of these other guys that, you know, maybe you spend a little more money on them and kind of give them like a, a uh, hey, help us out now and then we'll take care of you later kind yeah. of deal, you know? And, and, and us just saying, all these guys are off the books. All these guys are off the books. You got to re-sign these guys because, guys, look where we're at with these guys. Now, and this is with a bunch of injuries. The rotation would have stayed intact. How much better would this team be? Sure. We don't know. So, this team being where they're at right now, a very above average team in my opinion the angels are an above average team because they're over 500 they're above average yeah. so by definition yeah so they're above average um they're a decent team that can only get better with the you know with guys coming back and not being injured and a piece here and there so let's work on what we have in front of us right now and make it better mm-hmm. and and just just kind of piece together as we can because eventually when it's a big Free agent does come up, you know, in a few years. I don't know. Yeah, Simmons, Maybe you can go get him. Yeah, Simmons and Trout are both coming off the book together at the same time on, in uh, 2020. 2020. Yep. So, you know, right now you're paying Simmons $8 million, And then, you right, it's going to fuck. It's going to go up. It's going to go to 11 13 and then $15 million. But if he keeps his progression the way he is now. You're going to want to re-sign him to get a guy. You, know, guy you might want to give him a couple more years. Decent money, too. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, Thank you guys for the question. Really appreciate it. If you guys have any more questions for the next podcast, go ahead and hit it. Go up, uh, go ahead and hit us up uh, on our Instagram or at Halo Halo underscore Haven on Instagram, Facebook, same thing. Halo Haven. Halo Haven on on Facebook, Twitter, same thing. Halo underscore Haven. And if you guys have an iPhone or have an iPad, subscribe to iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. You can leave your reviews there. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you got a segment you have, you know want us to touch on or whatever um maybe a person you want us to interview uh, who knows uh send your suggestions there www.spreaker.com as well search all angels podcast you will find us there um season's coming close to an end well not we still got about a month left but dog days of summer heading into september the season's gonna get it's really tight right now guys and the angels have been playing really well i'm knocking on wood again Continue that hopefully they continue to play well moving forward. But we will be doing this roughly around the same time every week, about eight o'clock on Thursday nights. Thursday nights. And check us out on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com, and then search the Halo Haven. All one word. All, All one, one word. word. The Halo Haven, and check out the pod. You want to check out us because we're cool like that. <laughs> check us out live, uh, and you can also send your you know. Check us out live on YouTube as well, maybe next week. Leave and you comment, guys can leave comments there on the live feed. So other than that, it's going to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank Chris Securator Johnson, our executive producer here at Halo Haven, Halo Haven headquarters. We shoot live here every week. Um, and just shout-outs to everybody else who's shown us love on Fergus. Thank you, Fergus, for the interview last week. So that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. I'm Johnny Maggs. I'm Danny Garcia. And we wish you guys a great rest of the week. Cheer on the Halos. And then we'll come home for some awesome bobbleheads uh, next week. You guys have a great night. We'll catch you guys next week.
there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.